I'm going to re-preach to you guys a message that I used a few years ago, but uh, um, sometimes. Isaiah 63, uh-huh, and, uh, but the thing is, uh, I'm most, uh, a lot of times when I try to teach a lesson or preach, I try to use a lot of verses of the Bible, and the thing is, God's word will never go out void, Amen. so um, even if you remember it from a few years ago, uh, you know, that, that will be, uh, the fact is, the word of God will still do its work. It's a matter of our hearts and allowing it to. And um, the purpose or the, the title of my lesson is How to Cope During Life's Challenges. And, um, you know, like right now with my building over in Louisiana, and, uh, and every one of us, uh, Brother John said his arthritis has just really been killing him in the back of in his hands and his knuckles. And we got other people fighting with. Uh, chronic health issues and then we've got different things we go through in our lives we got how many of you have got anyone you really care about making some really poor decisions yeah you know I, I can think of some of those too and, uh, and then you, you sit there and you think of uh, um, you know those that you've lost recently maybe good friends loved ones and uh, and a pain that that leaves in your heart and then you think of the loved ones that you've got that you want to see come to the saving knowledge of Christ and no matter what you seem to do uh, I've got a family member that needs the Lord so bad and uh, his my one of my family members is visiting trying to get them to go to church and uh, they don't want to go and so they come up with all different excuses I won't even go into all the different extremes that they've gone to to have excuses not to go and uh, you know and you sit there and you know um, you know you, so have you ever been ever been that day you just want to kind of do this you know and I've told the story before I've probably told it too many times but my dear friend who's my business partner now been my friend since we were 10 years old and he was lost, and uh, we had kind of separated after high school. We were getting back when I was about 28 years old, and I'd been inviting him to go to church. Lisa was so gracious to open up our house to him, and uh, he was single at that time. He didn't have a family of his own. He loved uh, my children and family and the house setting, and but he'd hang it out late on Saturday night, so he wouldn't show up. So I had a way around that. No one had cell phones back then. Uh, so I called his landline. Of course, he was still living at home. He'd gone to college and stuff. So I'd wake up his whole house, but he'd run to the phone. I'd wake him up. And, you know, he'd beg me not to call, but I called anyway at 8 o'clock every Saturday, Sunday morning. So he had no excuse not to be there. Then we'd go to church, go to Sunday, you know, Sunday school, go to church, and come home, have dinner. We'd watch some football, do something. He'd play with my kids. I'd get them, try to stay long enough that there's no reason not to go to church with us Sunday night, you know. And that went on for about the best part of a year. And uh, one time our pastor preached salvation so clearly, so sweetly, so just so plainly and powered up. You could feel the Holy Spirit on it. And I just knew Steve was going to get saved. And 
I, the first stanza, I didn't look at him. I didn't want anything to distract him. He's standing right beside me. Second stanza, he still hadn't moved out of the corner of my eye. I looked over, and he was almost whistling. He was doing everything in his power to break the conviction. And my fist doubled up, and I almost smacked him upside the head right there in church. And my prayer life for him changed that day. Lord, you're going to have to break him. And Steve joined, went off to flight school, and had a nervous breakdown. And the thing is, uh, there was a Pentecostal young preacher that was also going through flight school, and he talked to Stephen, and Steve knew the church talk because he'd come to church with us for a year. So, but he saw through that, and he went to Steve that night and told Steve, don't you think it's time you quit playing games with the Lord? And Steve got saved that night. And, uh, but you just never know that sometimes people get you so, like I, I, I'm telling you the truth, I was one second away from just hitting him upside the head because I loved him. And I wanted to see him get saved, and he, he was being stupid. Uh, but the thing is, how many of us got saved the first day we heard the gospel? You know, well, praise God. Praise God. But they told me they were praying for six months. Well, amen. Amen. God, the Holy Spirit had it hooked up. But the thing is, we have so many different challenges in our lives that we go through, and they can be financial, they can be physical, they can be these loved ones making poor choices, there can be uh, you know, your job situation, there can just be all sorts of challenges. And we have a bad habit of focusing in on those challenges. We have a, cha uh, we have a bad habit of letting them hog too much of our attention and our mind and then comes fear, doesn't it? Then comes worry. And then we lose our joy. And then when you're in the middle of not having joy and having fear and worry, how many times do you think, well, I need to witness to this person. I need to remember to pray for this person. I need to do this. All that goes out the window. You may go through your... If you got a daily prayer list that you go through, you may go through that, but you really aren't really in tune with the Holy Spirit like you should be, or that fear wouldn't be there, that worry. And so the key is to realize how we can get to a point where we have the peace of God that's talked about, and I'm going to read it for you, and then we're going to, I'm going to catch up with you there in Isaiah, but in Philippians 4, 7, where it says, the peace of God which passeth understanding, and then there's a phrase there, shall keep. Think about that, that the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through uh, uh, Christ Jesus. But think about that. You could be going through whatever you're going through, but if God's peace has captured your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ and is holding it, how, how are you going to be during this storm that you're going through or these things that are going on? You're going to have the peace of God because he's got your heart and he's got your mind. He will keep it. And the key is, is for us to figure out how to get there. God's peace is available but the key for us is how to get there and to realize how precious it is to have that we'll pay the price to get there. 
One of the things I've always asked people, people have come up and they've asked me maybe to start a company or they've come up and asked me other questions, do you think I ought to do this? I try to find out from them, what do you, why do you want it? Why do you want that? Because until you can identify why you want it, you can't really put a price tag of what you're going to have to pay to get it. And are you willing to pay the price? Because anything you want in life that has any value, it's going to cost you something other than salvation. But the thing is, if you want it, why? Once you can identify the why, then you'll, you'll pay attention to, okay, and how much are you willing to pay to get that? And the thing is, the peace of God that passes understanding, you've got to decide you want it. A lot of people would rather just worry. That's their joy in life is to worry. Have you ever known people like that? Seems like that's all they live for is to worry. Uh, I would rather not be there. I've had those nights where I can't sleep well and I don't wake up very well the next morning. And it's bad on the digestion and it's bad on a lot of other things. So the peace of God is more desirable. Because guess what? While you're so wound up about this other problem, the other problems in life haven't quit coming. You better be making room on your plate because life hasn't stopped. You know, I've got people in my family that little things, they just focus in on them. And they're they're worrying about planning something that's going to happen in three or four months. And I'm sitting there saying, man, I'm worried about today and the things i got to do today and maybe tomorrow, maybe a week out. But after that, my schedule's kind of off the table because I don't know what the next phone call is going to bring in. You know, and so you better be making room on your plate. And But if you just are going to get so focused, so worried about this, you've left no room on your plate for when the other crisis is how many of you have ever found a year that you didn't have a crisis? Has there ever been a year in your life that you'd like to go back and say, that's the year I want to relive? I, ha- I don't have a single year in my past life that I want to go back and relive it. Every one of them's had enough trouble. There's been joys, there's been blessings, but there's not one that's so good. I- I'm an optimist, and so I, th- I want to think the next year's going to be better. Well, this is... Thank God for what he did for us in the past and move on. But, but the thing is, we can have, that peace of God is available. And we see here one of the things that, um, one of the things I want you to understand also, there's a lot of people that are just so tied up in this other thing is, no, I don't want peace. I want understanding. I got to know why. I got to understand why this is happening. I got to know how this is going to turn out. If I don't have that, I don't want peace. I want understanding. Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever known noticed things in your life that sometimes they get much worse before they get better? Well, cuz the only way you can have understanding is to know the future. And so if you're going to know the future, you're going to know how dark and deep the valley's going to get before you come out the other side. So guess what you've done? You brought on to yourself today tomorrow's problems. And so again, I would rather have peace. 
I would rather have peace than not the understanding. I know where my peace, I want the understanding of where my peace can come from, and that's from God. So I'm looking for, so what we're looking for is the peace of God that passes understanding. And we see here in Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 7, says, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on me, on us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. Think about that phrase according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. That's our God. That's the God that loves us and saved our souls. You know, um, the way we get to God, the peace of God is to remember. And the things that we need to remember are, can you remember the day you got saved? Can you remember the day the Lord, the God, the Holy Spirit reached out to you and made Christ real to you and you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you remember that feeling of all the guilt going away? All the love that flooded your soul as far as the joy of knowing that you're, you're a child of God? All of a sudden, I mean, the Bible seemed great. Church seemed great. I mean, used to, your mom and them had to drag you to church. All of a sudden, now you're getting them around. Why can't they hurry up? We need to go. And, you know, the, the total difference that salvation brings into our hearts and into our lives and that moment when we got saved, the, the thing to remember is that um, as you think about those things, that, that joy and everything else, what would be another way to describe your feelings at that moment? Would it be total peace? I mean, you get to think, I'm going to heaven. And these are now my brothers and sisters in Christ. And God loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me. And, and no matter what else happens, I'm going to heaven. Uh, can you can you remember that day? I don't. Some of you may have been very young. I was eighteen when I got saved, but the thing is, if you could remember back in all the things that that moment of total peace. I don't know how better to describe it. That joy that flooded your soul. But guess what? I bet you had problems in your life during that moment. I bet you there was still different things going on that you had to face the next day, be it on the job or wherever you had to go. There were problems, but at that very moment, guess what? You had just total peace. And it was because of what God had done for you. And we see in these scriptures in uh, 63 verse 7 that he talks about he's going to remember, says, I will mention the loving kindnesses. In other words, he's going down memory lane of all the good things God's done for me, and the, uh, you have to forgive me here as I take a moment to look at my notes again, but the key is to remember also that not only that milestone of salvation, but if you've been saved very long and you've been in some trials in your life, there's also been some major victories. 
where God's brought you through the other side. And guess what? He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Um, you know, you're loved no less today than you were the day Jesus Christ saved your soul. And you're loved no less than that day that you were on cloud nine when God finally gave you that big victory, whatever that victory was that you're thinking of right now. And then if you think back on all the different victories that God has given you, guess what? You're not loved any less today than you were then. Guess what, though? The challenges, whatever it is, they're the ones that have got your attention instead of the remembrance of your great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You, you've taken your, your eyes off, and the challenges have a way of pulling us down. What we've got to do is get our mind back on Christ. We've got to get our minds back on what's been done for us. Um, the, the old, what's that old song, Count Your Many Blessings? I guarantee you, you, you find yourself in the mully grubs, good Oklahoma word, uh, but and stuff like that. And if you'll make yourself stop and start thinking and start counting your blessings, it'll change your spirit. It'll change the way you feel about things because you'll know, you'll remember how much you're loved. You, you know, God hasn't changed. He's not weakened. He doesn't love you less, and he's plenty capable. It's just this challenge has a slightly different look to it than maybe one of the other ones that you had in your life. And so because it's coming at you from a slightly different direction, it scares you. Because, But the thing is, it may not be the same challenge, but it doesn't lessen the fact of all the other challenges that God's already brought you through. Um, God is no less active in your problems today than he was during those times of great victory. Think of how, some, like I said, some people come to the Lord maybe fairly, you know, the first time they heard it. Uh, but like my friend, I was almost ready to whack him upside the head. Uh the thing is, um, God was just as active in trying to see Steve get saved. He just knew what it was going to take to see Steve get saved, and that was to get him beyond himself. He was so, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and if he had to trust anyone else to do it, he just, it wasn't worth doing. And salvation don't come that way, does it? So God had to get them somewhere where he could take care of them. Go with me, if you would, over to the book of Psalms. And we'll go to Psalms 27. We're going to look at some verses here. And then I'll wrap it up. And in Psalms 27, we'll look at verse 14. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. How many of us would get to that point where, like maybe Miss Joanne's got to have an answer today? <laughs> I'm like that too. 
But the Lord says, you got to wait. You got to wait. Because you sure don't want to hurry into a surgery and then find out, you know, we probably didn't have to do that. Um, but the thing is, we we have to wait on the Lord. Let the Lord set the table for the victory that's going to come. I remember Brother John saying that a lot of times he's gone into business meetings and prayed, Lord, be there before I ever get there. You know, what we're real bad about is we bust into the meeting, we make a shambles of it, and then ask God, please fix what I just did. Please take back half of what I just said, you know, but it's too late then. We need to wait on the Lord. We need the Lord to go before us. We need the Lord to set the table for us for the things that we need to do. Go with me, if you would, to Psalms 40. And in Psalms 40, verses 1 through 3, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of, look at this phrase, a horrible pit. Think of that strong word that David's using there, a horrible pit. You know, you could look at a lot of different challenges in your life, but how many of them could you really describe it? It was a horrible pit. But he said, he inclined unto me, heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even the praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. In other words, sometimes we go through our trials so that others will see God working through our lives, and then you, that will be what brings them to the saving knowledge of Christ. Um, we also see in Psalms 46, and in Psalms 46, verse 1, it said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, I'm not giving you guys verses if you've been in church long you haven't heard before but they're they're golden nuggets of truth and what i'm trying to get across to you is where does that peace of god come from it comes from confidence in him that he's no different your relationship with him is no different your relationship is well established with the lord he's your savior if you've trusted him as savior he loves you no less today than he did today he saved you he loves you. He's no less powerful than the victories he's already given you in your life as you've walked through this life. He can fix these problems, but he does it at his pace, not ours. And we have to wait on but we can wait patiently. Where does the patience come from? Peace. Because we have a peace. And where does the peace come from? It comes from God. But it comes from a confidence in God. Let me ask you, how many times has God left you on the side of the road? Just kicked you out and said, eh. Boy, that caught me by surprise. God's not like that, is he? We get to thinking it's like that, but God's not like that. He, he knows what he's going to do. Psalms 118. Actually, these verses here in Psalms 118 are the exact middle of the Bible. 
Um, Psalms 118, verses 6 and 7. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. Uh, you got enemies? We got enemies out there. We got people that mistreat us. We got people that um, ridicule us. We got different things that go on. Guess what? They're going to have to answer to your God one day. You don't have to seek revenge. You don't have to worry about your back as much as the fact that your God's already got it for you. And then in Psalms 119, and we look at verses 67 in 119, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept thy word. And then in verse 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. There's been a few times Rick was way too full of Rick, and I needed to be brought down a few notches for my own good and brought back to my knees and also brought back to a point where I had to search out the scriptures for the helps that I needed. And it was what it was what the medicine that I needed. And so sometimes I've been afflicted because Rick brought it on himself. And but at the end of the day, if I let God's chastening hand bring me back into the right fellowship with him, not relationship, because relationship's firm in salvation, but the right fellowship. So sometimes these trials that I go through have been for my own good. And these afflictions, God chastens all of his children. But I can have a peace even in that if I'll just go to him. And how many of you ever whipped your kids and never told them why you did it? I mean, it was just fun. I mean, you know, you relaxed at the end of the day. But you know, now that isn't the way it happened, is it? They they crossed the line. You usually probably told them not to, or they already knew not to, and. You told them why you did it. I guarantee you when God takes us to the woodshed, we know why God took us to the woodshed. God, the Holy Spirit, is sure to tell you. Uh, And the thing is, sometimes you you go into problems because he's just trying to teach you some things, prove to you how faithful he is to you in your time of trouble. Then your faith grows. There's other times, and like I've said, there's been times I've been too full of Rick and, and God's took me to the woodshed to uh, teach me a thing or two. Uh, Brother John's phrase was give him a tune-up. And, uh, but like I said, uh, the Lord's faithful to do whatever needs to be done because he loves us, but we can trust him in it. Go with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. And like I said, I am getting closer to the end than I was at the beginning. Um, I think one of the things that when we go through things that we've got to always realize is nothing, if you're saved, absolutely nothing can separate you as far as relationship with your Heavenly Father. And he has made precious promises to his children. 
Some of them are conditional. In other words, you've got to do this, and then I'll do that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So some of them are conditional, but your relationship is never in doubt if you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And that sometimes people get to warn him. I really say to him, you need to settle that. Because if you don't settle that, then the peace of God is beyond your reach. Because Satan will get in there and try to convince, well, maybe you're not really saved or whatever. But the thing is, since the relationship is right, because it can't be any other way if you're truly saved, then if you're going through something and it's an affliction, in other words, God's taking you to the woodshed, confess your faults, and what does he say he's faithful to do? Forgive you of your faults. And you can get out of the woodshed. But since the relationship is guaranteed, if you're saved, and if it's chastisement, that can be brought to an end, then all of God's promises are available to you. Everything in the scriptures that God promises to get you through, all these verses that we've been reading in Psalms, all of those promises are available to you. And one of the things we're going to look at here is the fact that we have scriptures to prove to us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. But I want you to look at that word conquerors. We are more than conquerors. In other words, you kill this body and I go to heaven. You know, that's the worst you can do to me. But because there is, I have to be a conqueror, that means there also has to be a fight. So God didn't promise you a bed of roses, but he promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. And you got all the precious promises of the word of God. And because of that, we can have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And that, I paraphrase that there, but it says in verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor... You know, some people say you can lose your salvation. Notice that word, nor life. In other words, if I live, I can't lose my relationship with God. So that means I can't do anything that causes me to lose my salvation. So, but... For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have a perfect standing in our relationship, and because of it, God, you know he loves you. He sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for you, then sent God the Holy Spirit to woo you, Use whatever Christian influences that were around you that that brought the good news to you. Maybe it was the church. Maybe it was your family. God has proven again and again and again that he's on your side, that he loves you, and he's given you precious promises that you can cling to. What we have to do is just claim them, and a lot of it, it comes down to that patience. Now, when you get that all the way and you really know how to do that, please let me know. 
Um, but I must admit, I, I've, I sometimes falter on that patience part. But if we'll wait on our God, he's going to take care of us. Uh, he's, got the, he's got the ability. He's got the plan. He's given us the promises. Our relationship is sure. Um, and because of that, we can have the peace of God that passes understanding. And you need it. You need it so bad. Like I told you before, the life isn't going to slow down. The world isn't going to stop because you're worrying about this. More problems are coming. More problems are coming. Isn't that encouraging, Brother Zach? Yeah, more problems are coming. Uh, but the thing is, you can have the peace of God even during that time too. The peace of God is there and the power of God is upon your life. It's been proven by the fact of the changed person that you are. If you were my age or older when you got saved, you know what God's done in your life as far as changing you from the person you were to who you are now. And uh, it's day and night what he did for me. And uh, if he can do that, he can get me through anything he brings me up to. And that's where the peace of God comes from. Brother John, I'll call on you again if you would to close this in a word of prayer. Thank you so very much for the promises that we have in your word, Father. For the directions and the comfort and the promises and, and the faithfulness that we have from your word, Father. It is just so wonderful to be able to read and to feast upon these truths, Father.